Hi everybody, just a quick announcement before we start this week's show and that is that we have a special guest on. He's been on once before and he was so good that we decided we absolutely had to have him back. It's Jamie Morton from My Dad Wrote a Porno. He is the star. He is the one whose dad actually wrote a porno and we're having him on partly because he's a brilliant guest and also because it's a very sad time in podcast land because the final episodes of My Dad Wrote a Porno have just gone out all apart from the very, very last one, which is coming out on the 12th of December, and it features an exclusive interview with, for the first time ever, Rocky Flintstone himself, the Banksy of Erotica, as they call him. Missed opportunity to call him the Wanksy of Erotica, but never mind. Jamie was absolutely brilliant. This was such a fun episode to record. He is so funny. We think you're going to love it. And so do check out the final My Dad Wrote a Porno episodes and all the other ones too. All right, on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of No Such Thing as a Fish, a weekly podcast coming to you from the QI offices in Covent Garden. My name is Dan Schreiber. I am sitting here with Andrew Hunter-Murray, James Harkin, and special guest, it's Jamie Morton. And once again, we have gathered around the microphones with our four favorite facts from the last seven days. And in no particular order, here we go. Starting with fact number one, that is Jamie. Okay, so my fact this week is, this week, I'm not on the show often, but (laughs) this week, my fact is, Barry Fitzgerald is the only actor in Oscar history to be nominated twice for the same role in the same film. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> oh, ooh, was the film an early version of Mrs. Doubtfire? Ah, uh, best and actor was... and best actress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, okay. no. Uh, he had one role. Oh. Uh, it was Father Fitzgibbon in 1944's Going My Way, which did win Best Picture, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was, he was nominated for both Best Leading Actor and Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, yeah, which is insane. It doesn't say much for the rest of the cast, does it? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but he won for best supporting actor, mm. so he could have conceivably won for both. Yes, wow. but it went to Bing Crosby, who was the lead in the film. But in that, didn't so, it? So, wait, or co-lead, depending. Co-lead. On yeah. Hang on, so it won best film. It won best actor for Bing Crosby. Yes, yes. but then Fitzgerald lost best actor but he won best supporting actor yes correct that is amazing i know what a sweet yeah do you have to pay entry fees for the oscars that is a great question james andy uh, yeah um yeah you do yeah, <laughs> i imagine yeah. you do i right? imagine you do you oh, have to nominate yourself yeah yeah There's you have probably an administration fee <laughs> right like yeah. 20 quid or something 20 quid yeah, probably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this this movie sort of set a lot of records for example it's the first film to ever have two actors win the academy award for best actor and best supporting actor oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, it was the first movie to get the academy award for directing and writing which was by a guy called leo mccary who wrote and directed it oh, so he won two he won two oh, at that wow. one um it was the first film to win best picture at the academy awards and the golden globes it was the first picture to win best picture and best song it has all these records wow, as the wow. first movie and no one's same. seen yeah. it no. i never heard of it <laughs> exactly <laughs> seems such a waste i suppose 1944 we had other things to worry yeah. about didn't we in europe well least. it's interesting you should say that because during the war all oscar statues were made of plaster instead oh. of gold or gold-plated mm. bronze which is what they're actually made of mm. um so he got a a plaster oscar and he was a massive golf fan with old barry oh, Fitzgerald. He sounds great. Mm-hmm. and he was practicing his golf swing one day and he decapitated his oscar <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a great really picture cool. of him with like the head oh, is and the body um, i was reading a bit more about this guy barry Fitzgerald. yeah oh, yeah oh, oh interesting man yeah he was childhood playmates with the siblings of okay fine james joyce Okay, but and not James. No, they thought he was weird, didn't they? I think he was a bit <laughs> older. Yeah, he was a bit older, and they said that he had a beard and glasses and was always reading books, and so yeah. didn't play with them. <laughs> tracks. His name Barry Fitzgerald. Mm. It's not his real name, is it? Um, and usually you do that because you arrive into the the world of the arts and someone has your name and so you have right. to register your name right and you change it but for him it was because he was trying to hide from the fact that he was sort of doubling on his work when he was meant to be working in the civil service so they wouldn't they, his name would be on the bill and they wouldn't know it was him the worst thing was he worked in the unemployment department so they had all of the yeah they had all of the lists of who was supposed to be working and who wasn't supposed to be working so all of his mates 
would have known that he was yeah, famous. Yeah. He's a movie star. Oh, this was it's hard was, to hide being a movie started. star. This is when he started. So I was he, in the vaudeville days. He was doing it? plays. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He worked in the Abbey Theatre uh, with Shaw and Yates as well. So more. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, what a what a milieu. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was once uh, almost kidnapped before the opening night of a play he was in. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> by his boss, who said you should be working. <laughs> so, yeah, it's called the Plough and the Stars, right? And it was quite a controversial oh, play. Yeah. And Ireland was very recently out of a civil war. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was a febrile time, and uh, the pl- yeah the play had a lot of controversial stuff in it. And um, the Irish Times reported this. It was in 1926. Several gun boys turned up at Ooh. Fitzgerald's mum's house. I don't know what a gun boy. Is. Gun boy. Yeah. Young gun gunman. Boy. I mean, we've got a gunman. That's a thing. Yeah, and it's yeah, just a okay. young one of those, I guess. I think people who carry guns around between places, maybe like oh. gun runners, but young people, maybe. I don't Might know. be. Well, the, anyway, the gun boys were there yeah. at the door, <laughs> and they met his mum, and they said, "Right, we're here to take him. Just keep him safe until the opening night has gone, so he won't be able to appear on stage in this play." Right. Uh, okay. And she said, "Well, he doesn't live here. Uh, this is his mum, you know, it's, <laughs> and and I'm not telling you where he is." And so they had to go away, and then he did the play. Wow. Oh. Yeah. What polite gun boys? That's. <laughs> Just because the gun boys still live at home doesn't mean that everybody still lives at home. Clearly, they were 12. They're almost like knocking his Barry okay to come out and play, please. Uh, Have any of you ever held an Oscar? No. In real life? Oh, my God. I reckon there's an anecdote coming here. You haven't lived, boys. Uh, (laughs) And I'll tell you something. I've held two. Same time? Same time. Oh, my God. I went, I was... Name drop, hideous name drop. But I was at Emma Thompson's house for dinner. <laughs> she's not that hideous. Uh, no, the, the name drop. She's lovely. She fed me and everything. Uh, no, but in her downstairs loo are her two Oscars wow. right there. And interesting fact about Emma Thompson, you might know this, uh, that she's the only person in history to have won Oscars for writing and acting. Mm. Oh, is Still she? to this day. Wow. Isn't that mental? What? Yeah. Were they both for... I mean, it was the writing one Sense and Sensibility yes. Correct And the acting one I thought one... Jane Austen wrote that Well, well <laughs> Agreed It was a controversial year It's like when Kenneth Branagh Won the Oscar for Macbeth Or whatever he thought <laughs> Best adapted screenplay Literally just he used the words He didn't actually win for... I was going to come on to that Interesting oh, yeah. that you mentioned Kenneth Branagh Because you know, they used to be married Emma right. Thompson oh, What? Yeah. I did not know that They used to be married And he just won An Oscar for writing Belfast At the last Oscars and if he were to win an acting Oscar, him oh. and Emma Thompson would be the only people oh. in history to have acting and writing Oscars. Amazing. And right. he's and he's been nominated for two acting Oscars, so it's not beyond the realms of possibility. No. That yeah, and yeah, then yeah. that's how do they, that. we sort of parent trap them back together, right? Well, maybe not. I think she's <laughs> very happily married to Greg Wise, but you know. <laughs> uh, Jamie, do you did you take a selfie of yourself in Emma Thompson's toilet? Or? What, and what he was holding two Oscars. I oh, mean, yeah. what would you have taken? <laughs> Well, I didn't, but um, my friend did. And then weirdly, later on in the evening, somehow, I think we were taking pictures and like we were like saying, oh, airdrop me them or whatever. And Gaia, M's daughter, took his phone and found... Honestly, mm. about 50 selfies <laughs> in this camera with him at the Oscars. <laughs> she was like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. But I didn't because, you know. Too classy. Too yeah. Classy. Don't oh, wait yeah. till you get your own. Well, I'll be yeah. waiting a while, but yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, I'm not sure that Barry Fitzgerald should have got the Oscar for Best oh. Supporting Actor. Well, for example, there's a there's a little a little goof in this, which is that so he plays a Catholic priest in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but Barry himself was Protestant, so he wasn't kind of fully aware of how priests act. And in the film, I haven't seen the film myself, but but you're I gonna read, say he didn't deserve the award, though, aren't you? Well, apparently, when he does the crossing of himself, you know, yeah. he does it the wrong way, which feels like oh. as an actor you would look into Maybe the basics. They flipped it and post. I think. Oh my god, that's he possible. He doesn't do it um, the wrong way, upside down, though. He no. just does it right to left the way he should be doing it left to right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're meant to do the left to right. You, you do top to bottom. Right. I go top to bottom, left to right. That's correct. So, okay. So, yeah, take it back. <laughs> take it back. Accuracy isn't everything in the arts, Dan. It's an interpretation. <laughs> do you think maybe he was making a comment on Catholicism? Oh as my in, God. The, you know, like the devil probably would do it that way, wouldn't yes, he? Yes, yes, really good call. Like, yeah. Oh my God, it's even deeper than it's I realized. Do you know that it's, um, this is a bit of a reach, guys, <laughs> but uh, I found this and I That's thought I'd share it. Male actors who have won or been nominated for an Oscar are statistically more likely to get divorced than their Oscarless acting peers. Oh, you know interesting. Because, yeah. because they've just got women throwing themselves at them. Well, because there's a thing called the negative consequences of positive status shifts. So basically, when you get yeah. 
a bit arrogant because yeah. you've just been nominated or won an Oscar, men mm. tend to leave their wives. <gasps> Interesting. But I who- think I, I, could, I could do so much better. <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. it was, I remember years ago reading a book where Dustin Hoffman, struggling actor for years and getting bit roles and stuff, suddenly gets cast in um, The, the Graduate. Yeah. And this line being that when he got the call, he tells his wife and they just stare at each other and there's an unspoken thing that's happening there, which is, this is the end of our marriage. Bloody hell. Yeah, because he's now going to be, he's going to be globally famous and obviously he's going to go off. And obviously. No, obviously. that's obviously yeah, in the room yeah, yeah. to them too. It was obvious oh, to them wow. too in that moment that that was the end of their marriage. Gosh. Yeah. To be fair, this does remind me a little bit of the time, I don't know if you, Dan and James, remember the time we won our first uh, Chortle Award. Yeah, I do oh, remember yes. that. Yeah, we all split up with our partners, yeah. didn't we, immediately? <laughs> Of Oscars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I keep my Charleston Ward in the bathroom, actually, um, which has led to a lot of weird stains on it. But <laughs> I keep one of my awards in the bathroom as well. We won a Webby Award. One of it's... my awards? Clang. <laughs> one of many? <laughs> <laughs> they don't all fit in the cabinet. That's the problem. So <laughs> Mine is next to a, um, a review that I got in the Sunday <laughs> Times, which called my dad wrote a porno the quote worst cultural event of the decade <laughs> so it's yin and yang in my bathroom which you know? decade yeah, was which it decade? What, the, it was the in the christmas edition of the sunday times 2019 it was like a a roundup of the decade wow. and some absolutely poisonous little little little, little, little toad of a journalist <laughs> i won't name him he knows who he is um he finds a way to worm us into any bad review he really? ever gives this was terrible, but not as bad as my dad read a porno. So he'll be thrilled that we're ending. Um, yes, I, I thought it's important to kind of have them both to realise that neither really matter, do they? Mm, oh, that's yeah. very good. That's like um, Rudyard Kipling, isn't it? If, the triumph mm. and the disaster. Mm. And, you know, you treat them both the same. It's, and... it's exactly like that, Andy. Wow. Yeah. I'm often called Kipling. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you go on IMDb, they have lots of sort of tagging that you can do. And people just go and do it. It's not like an official thing, but... Um, there's loads of different tags and each movie might have 20 different tags uh, someone went through them to see if there's any correlation between these tags and whether you can win an oscar or not uh, and the apparently the, there are some keywords that have never been even nominated for an oscar so zombie food fight and breast implant there has never been a movie wow. with any of those three things that has ever been nominated for an oscar interesting i don't think that's true it's the tagging, so it could be that someone okay, hasn't tagged. Okay, because I'm pretty sure that Hook has a fantastic food fight. Oh, was that nominated <laughs> for Best Picture? Absolutely not, but it must have been nominated <laughs> for something, like production design or yeah, song or I guess something. So. Okay. You're saying that my screenplay, my double D <laughs> undead custard brawl, <laughs> is not probably not Oscar worthy. Damn it. A uh, children award, though. A yeah. <laughs> Can I just quickly ask, in my double D undead custard <laughs> brawl, brawl <laughs> sorry, um, is it the simply the breasts that are undead? <laughs> it is. It's about a woman who goes in for a, a routine uh, operation, a, a, a breast enlargement, and... Um, she gets given the breasts of a dead person. Ah, yes. Yeah, and it's and they come to life. <laughs> and they come to, but still attached to her and she's alive. Still attached to her. Wow, alive. that's weird. You rarely have a zombie attached to a human who's alive. We don't have a woman on this podcast where we normally do, but um, is that how breast implants work? They just take the breasts off another person <laughs> and stick them onto you. Is that right? I believe I believe so. I, I did need to do the screenplay is still in the research phase. <laughs> uh, Russell Crowe has an Oscar, Not doesn't Oscar. he? Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe has, has one. He? For Gladiator. Yeah, he's got a few. He had he's back got to a back. best actor. No, yeah. he's the only one once. But you know where he keeps his um, Oscar? He doesn't keep them in his bathroom. Like, oh, oh okay. Uh, I haven't been to his house and <laughs> taken selfies. Where I should he keeps say. his Oscar. Okay. Um, what's the most Russell Crowe place to keep an Oscar? Like his barn or something? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you um, are no, so close. No, it's, oh, really? It's, yeah. it is, it, it's, uh, in his oh, chariot. Oh, 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 I bet he has the chariot yeah, from Gladiator. Chariot. No. He's got um, in a haystack. He's like it's a needle in a haystack, and he, oh, he keeps it in his good. haystack. It's like it's, it's sort that's of metaphor. Good. It's like your thing. Yes. Though, you know, it's has like... he got a coliseum? Did he take that home as a prop? He has a chicken coop, and he keeps it in his chicken coop at his ranch, and he claims that it helps his hens to lay bigger eggs. Wow! I mean, but he, all, he, the, he that all he wants. <laughs> all the cockerels sadly leave the chickens. That's the problem. Yeah, introduced yeah. It. yeah. Rosamund Pike 
buries her rewards in the garden. What? Right. Yeah. She's so weird. She's so bloody goth, Rosamund Pike. She's all classy and la la la. But actually, there's a, there's a heart of darkness. Why and she, she like leaves it? a little bit of the top of them to kind of glint in the sun. That's what? nice. Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of interesting, isn't it? And what awards has she won? She's won like a Golden Globe. Okay, but she hasn't got a chortle. Because she hasn't got a chortle. I mean, you can't sacrilege to bury a chortle in the garden. <laughs> They'll come and dig it up and take it off you. It's not allowed. Okay, it is time for fact number two, and that is my fact. My fact this week is that one of the attractions at Disneyland in 1956 was the Bathroom of Tomorrow, which included, amongst <laughs> other exciting exhibits, an array of interactive faucets and a dramatic story of valves. Wow. Not valves. Yeah. What a narrative. What a narrative. <laughs> Ripping. <laughs> Any Oscars in this bathroom? Oh, God, there should be, right? Except, the f- well, there's not, but the whole thing is kind of one big Oscar because oh. it's gold. The entire is thing. It? Oh, yeah. My God. By this- so the idea was in the 50s, they thought in the future everyone will have a gold bathroom. I think so, <laughs> basically. And sadly, only Donald Trump has managed to yeah. make that dream a reality. Really. Yeah. yeah. So this was part of an area of Disneyland that was opened along with the original Disneyland in America uh, called Tomorrowland. And Tomorrowland was going to have lots of exhibits where they could showcase how the world was going to look in the futuristic future of 1986. And it included things like this bathroom of tomorrow, whereby air conditioning was going to be in there. There were dumbbells so that you could do exercise while you're having a bath that were on the side of the bath. You know, all these sorts of like little innovations. But the whole premise of it, it was done by a company called The Crane Company. They were selling it now. So the bathroom of tomorrow was actually today. And um, yeah, and so. So this was one of many of these little exhibitions that were put on that were slightly sponsored by corporations who wanted to showcase their related stuff uh, within this area of Disney. Yeah. Very cool. It was designed by Henry Dreyfus, um, who was a designer. Uh, Dreyfus also designed the classic black telephone. You know, this this one that you basically see everywhere. He also invented most of the Hoover models of vacuum cleaners, the upright ones. Uh, And he was also the chair of the meeting of the International Organization of Standards Committee uh, in Berlin when they kind of came up with all the different signs that there would be around the world. You know, like if you go to an airport, the yeah. sign for a taxi rank is the same everywhere. Yeah, he right. was the head I of that. love that oh, kind of stuff. Amazing. I love yeah, those yeah. shadowy organizations that, you know, <laughs> secretly <laughs> secretly dealing with signs. And I did. A, I went on a mad research bender last year for QI about um, uh, uh, plug plug sockets and uh, oh, the yeah. inter- standardization of plug sockets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And are we going to hear <laughs> hear about it now? I think for everyone's benefit. <laughs> 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 that would be the worst cultural event of the 2020s if we did that. <laughs> I had such an amazing time doing the research, and I look back and I've written about 20 paragraphs of just dross. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, this bathroom does have some good things in it. Uh, it had a sink which you can adjust the height of. You just sort of pull it up or That's down. Clever. Yeah. Accessible. Accessible, and uh, and if you know for kids, they can pull it right down, and you know it's, it's there, and it was hydraulic powered. I think that's uh, oh, that's cool, it's a good idea. Yeah, and, I mean, clearly a huge pain in the bum to install, but you know, <laughs> it's the, but once it's in, it's in, once it's yeah, in yeah. exactly. You know, yeah, never think about it again. Yeah, and is it still there? No, it shut down after no. a couple of years. Yeah, it surprisingly was not as exciting for kids uh, as they <laughs> as they probably thought well disney was. isn't just for kids dan it's also mm, for adults absolutely oh, true wow. yeah because <laughs> you know I, I i have worked for disney parks and resorts for have you like more than 15 years Doing I, what? I, I direct years? a lot of stuff are you in the mouse suit no you're not <laughs> there is no mouse suit james Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, yes, I have been to the parks a lot. <laughs> really? Wait, 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 but there is a suit, right? Is it? No, he's mm-hmm. saying it's just Mickey. It's, it's just, just new, Mickey. It's just a new <laughs> rodent man running around. <laughs> Genetically modified <laughs> mouse so man. one Mickey Mouse. Oh. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it's cool. So I have been there a lot, actually. And have you then got access? We've spoken in the past on the podcast about all these like crazy corridors that you can go. And, yeah, like, the tunnels underneath Walt Disney You've World. done all that? Yeah, I've been in those tunnels. <gasps> they are called, what are they called? They're called the Utilidors. Oh, yeah. All of these tunnels. And do you know, they're actually not a basement. People think they're the basement, but because it's built in Florida and it's essentially on a swamp, you can't have basements in Florida. Oh. Okay. So it's all So everything else is on the first floor. Exactly. Magic no. Kingdom's on the first floor. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's so funny. And if you walk up to Magic Kingdom, it's on a very, very subtle 
slope. Oh, wow. So you're actually climbing up a full flight of stairs as you approach Magic Kingdom. That's incredible. Oh, that is incredible. Yeah. Wow. But those tunnels are mad. And there's everything in there. There's like coffee shops. <laughs> there's like what? dry cleaners. There, yeah, it's amazing. For the staff, exclusively. For the staff, yeah. Wow. And it's good to kind of get people through the park so that like no character or cast member from one part of the park will ever be seen in a different part of the park they'll just go through the, through the I imagine like a race of troglodytes <laughs> who live under there and have never come to the first floor yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a, that ironically would be a great movie but yeah. it's one that Disney will never make no <laughs> <laughs> from the maker of Double D Undead <laughs> Custard Brawl <laughs> comes <laughs> Uh, um, this uh, just quickly on Tomorrowland before oh, yeah. we go to, mm. to Broad Disney. It does sound absolutely bananas because all of it was sponsored by one company or another, and there were very, so the House of the Future itself was actually sponsored by uh, Monsanto, who later became extremely controversial as one of the makers of Agent Orange, which was used in oh, Vietnam. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. So Disney kind of dropped that sponsorship once yeah, that sort of quite. you know came out. But all of these different firms, so American Dairy Association, American Motors, National Lead Paint, who sound great. Wow. Um, <laughs> so very much of an era, aren't they? These very very mid-20th century. Um, the Dutch Boy Colour Gallery was cut, sponsored by Dutch Boy Paint. Wow. Wow. Can't find much more information about them. <laughs> Friends with the gun boys. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, um, um, and when they opened it, they didn't cut a ribbon, did they? They just turned some taps on. <laughs> Instead of yes, yeah, like because right. really? yeah. it was the the house of the just future to show like... that it's the future. Wow. Yeah, you know, oh, what's amazing. more, the past than cutting a ribbon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was told by someone that I work with over there that this is an this is insane. This fact, okay. <laughs> and I'm not sure if I believe it, but he told me, and I and he's very and he works there. Yeah, quite senior. Though. Where though is he? One of the but troglodytes? Has he gone nuts? <laughs> Has he not him. seen sun in ten years? <laughs> Let's just call him Mr. Mickey M. No, uh, M. Mouse. Uh, the boss. Um, no, 4% of all the photographs taken in the United States are taken at either Disneyland or Walt Disney World. Stop it. What? 4%. 4%. That's a lot. Isn't that insane? it's quite a big country, isn't it? Yeah. The United States of America. 4% is, that's, that's mega. That's crazy. It's, it's mad, right? Yeah, it doesn't... It, you're right to be skeptical. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Is that true?" But wow, amazing! Um, and you know, they also it isn't just theme parks; they have cruise ships. Mm. Disney. Right. Have you been on a Disney cruise? I have. Oh my god! Okay, I've got so many questions to ask you. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 this is amazing. Wow, I've never seen you so animated. Yeah, this is, this is not since we started talking about plugs that time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was reading an article called Disney Cruise Secrets. Oh yeah. Right? Okay. And um, I have to say. It was the most disappointing article I've ever read. <laughs> okay, let me just I'm just gonna tell you a few of the secrets, right? The yep. Disney Cruise Ooh. secrets. Okay. okay. Secret number one. Disney Cruise staterooms are not ready until 1 30 PM. <laughs> oh. Secret. <laughs> secret number Wait, how's that a secret? <laughs> I know. It's only a secret if someone rocks up at twelve thirty yeah, and say exactly. and they say, Yes, it's ready. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> secret number five. You can bring bottled water on board. Ah, secret. <laughs> um, secret number 14 Disney will provide you with soap oh the soap's so good on the cruises <laughs> is it it's some of the best soap you've ever had in your entire life I may have taken it with me it's really good really okay yeah. so that does that actually, is a secret that is a secret yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so can you confirm about the rooms are not being ready until <laughs> no, one I actually can confirm that because you here's the thing with, <laughs> here's the thing right with those ships is that you have to get off them really early because they have a they're, they're oh, changed yeah. over the same day yeah yeah so everyone's gonna be off the ship by like nine or something so how to, long are you on it for is it a there few are days multiple, or... you can have you can do two nights you can do four nights Dan you can do a week <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm now a travel agent, uh, but uh, so yeah, I guess the turnaround so is that they nine. yeah. So until right one thirty, yeah, yeah. that gives them time to clean all the, all the, all the staterooms. God, that must be a chaotic four and a half hours on board, just what? finding yeah, out what's left, left in all the rooms. I and, mean, that happens in every hotel in the world. It <laughs> must be absolute mayhem every day. <laughs> but what's fascinating about the Disney Cruise Line is yeah. that they're the only cruise line on the planet that has fireworks at sea. Okay. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so they have a big deck party, normally on the penultimate night, and they have fireworks that are set off from the ship. Huh. And what's fascinating about these fireworks is that um, they are made from a biodegradable material so that when they hit the water, they become fish food. 
Oh, no! that's cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That is really cool. Because yeah, is it is it? Do you need special dispensation for fireworks at sea? I don't. I, I think you probably like do. You yeah. Be able to. Yeah. Because it, like, it might be seen as a signal. It might look like flares, yeah. right? Flares, yeah, An SOS. Kind of yeah. 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 Oh, wow, they're going very whimsical with their <laughs> they're very extravagant flares. flares. <laughs> wow, they're sinking, but they also want to let them know that Goofy is having a great time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, well, <laughs> I was once on one of these ships, and they have these rides on board the ship. It's like a slide that goes off the edge. Oh, okay. you know this one that is like kind of you stand on like a trapdoor, and it and it opens, and, oh. it goes, and you go, go down a chute and stuff. I got all the way up to the top, stood on the trapdoor. <laughs> yeah. And I was too heavy. But oh. instead of saying, I'm oh. sorry, sir, you're too heavy, they said, I'm so sorry, buddy. You're just too full of magic today. <laughs> <laughs> too, too full of magic. of magic. I mean, I could see what they were going for, but it was even more annoying. I was like, just call me a fat bastard, to be honest. That's so funny. So I had to walk all the way down <laughs> in front of all the children and their parents. And what you said to each one, too full of magic. Yeah. Too yeah. full of magic. Too I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I was like, I, I forgot something in my room. <laughs> sorry. I couldn't get into 1.30. It's no one. <laughs> it, was, it was a low point on what was otherwise a beautiful trip. Okay, it is time for fact number three, and that is Andy. My fact is that 5% of the world's electricity is spent turning big rocks into small rocks. M- mad. That is mad. It's, it's a lot. It's 5%. 5%. That is crazy. For something that sounds unbelievably dull. I know, but this is this is big. This is a big business. Yeah. So what exactly is it? Because I'm. St- I mean, I tried to research this topic. I failed. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I will be a passenger for this part of the podcast. Andy, educate me. I found this in an interview. I was reading an interview with a guy called John Stanton, who specialises in crushing big rocks into small rocks. That's his. <laughs> that's, his that's his line of work. That's and, his gig. He uh, loves yeah, it. He's a big rock crusher. And basically, when you're mining, you might get some big rocks out of the ground, right. but the ore is is inside those, and you can't just you can't just deal with the big rock you've got. You need to turn it into a small rock. Right. Yeah. That, you need a rock crushing machine. Yeah. And there are lots of great there are lots of great models available on the market. Yeah. Can I ask when yeah, you yeah. say he's a big rock crusher, is he a big as in like big in the industry rock crusher, or is it specifically he's a big rock crusher? I think it's both of those. Yeah. Yeah. It works right. on the two levels that. It does. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how big he is as a man as well. It could work on three levels. Ooh. I, don't I don't know I don't know. How much magic it has he got? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I saw that piece in the Times. He's he's got he's got as much magic as me. <laughs> wow. And it's called uh, yeah. comminution, isn't it? Yeah. Turning big rocks into little rocks oh man and then you screen them and then you might grind them smaller again grinding and, uh, yeah and crushing time. grinding do you know what's better wet grinding or dry grinding mm. oh my god because they're do, both done i do know oh, i've do got you? an instant no of course i don't <laughs> uh, i would feel like wh- when you say better yeah grinding mills can be operated both dry and wet <laughs> according to the encyclopedia britannica okay. uh, let's go wet uh, yeah and wet grinding is predominant yeah Wow. So what is wet grinding? You just oh, add... Damn, give me a break. To- <laughs> <laughs> Literally reading directly from the Encyclopedia Britannica. You add water to the, yeah. the crusher. And I, yeah, I just wonder why it why it helps. I guess it's... Um, Lubricates. Yeah, lubrication. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps with like the dust, probably. Absolutely. Like when you cut into flagstones and things... Yeah. It helps have a bit of water to kind of. That's look at where you come from. I'm sorry, guys, I've arrived. What can I say? Um, yeah, but most of them are like massive nutcrackers. Basically, mm. you just they're they're all top loaded because then the pressure from the rocks above acts on the rocks that you're trying to crush down, and so they've got they're being forced in th- oh, you know two different directions. Right. Um, and you just feed the rock in, and the rock cracks, and because the metal surfaces are harder than the rock, that's you know that's the process. Yeah, yeah. And then um, eventually, when it's small enough, it's a dust, and you can get the lithium out or the yeah, exactly. whatever right. yeah, yeah. gold. So hang on, so you're using big rocks as your tool to crush the former big rock into smaller rock it's helping that's it's so a, cool it's a partner yeah. there is actually a thing called autogenous uh, milling uh, where <laughs> it's literally just the rocks that you're crushing are all crushing each other that's, oh, that's so cool clever. that's incredible yeah. I love that I was reading about the history of crushing rocks mm. big to small and um, one of us had to <laughs> uh, I, I just want to give a shout out to the website machinerypartner.com okay because uh, and I'm quoting directly here it's an event in 1881 when Philetus W. Gates got a US patent for his device which was the, that was the sort of uh, rock crusher you know, the, that mm. was the basic model Philetus not a name you hear often these days is it no. as a first name yeah Phil Gates 
1883, Mr. Blake challenged Mr. Gates to crush nine cubic yards of stone in a contest to see which crusher would finish the job faster. The Gates crusher completed the task 40 minutes sooner. I was looking into humans who can crush rocks. Oh, that's good thinking. Because I thought before we had the machines, we must have needed humans. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, And then I thought, you know, can anyone do it with their bare hands? And I actually found uh, the first non-Roman emperor, Maximinus Thrax, who was was supposedly a rock crusher. The first non-Roman emperor? Yeah. As in, he wasn't born in he the wasn't, Roman Empire. Yeah, but he was. Sorry, but he was emperor of Rome. Of Rome, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Oh. Yeah, um, and he—he's a person who was very tall, but because he was quite a lot taller than most people, the exaggerations have been written down, and it's oh, hard to yeah. know where he was. So supposedly, and this was a Roman emperor, he was eight feet six inches tall. Right? Yeah. No, yeah, so, yeah. Wow. right? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, his um, his thumb was so large. That he wore his wife's bracelet as a ring on it. That's how, wow, that's how he's, he's thing. good at hitchhiking. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so during public events, he used to impress people by picking up rocks and crushing them with his bare hands and pulling wagons on his own. Wow. Which, yeah, um, feels a bit demeaning for the emperor of Rome to be having to do like, hey. <laughs> He had a very short tenure. It was three years as emperor um, because he was overthrown because of his disastrous... Um, Bloody hell. Yeah. How? ...idea on war. Uh, just by some people, some other people. Yeah, just that's very impressive that they managed to overthrow... So, I mean, it's not just him fighting against everyone. Like, okay, he's not yeah. like, let's do a thumb war. <laughs> yeah. Anyone can beat me in a thumb oh, war, no. I will hand over... Oh god, yeah, oh. when he's telling the gladiators whether or not they've survived or not, there's no mistake in that. It's, it's like a foam hand at a basketball match. So this was a really interesting topic for me. Yeah. Um so uh I have decided to go a little off piste and discuss The Rock. Uh did oh. you know that The Rock's nickname as a kid was Dewey? I bet you Dewey. didn't. No. Dewey. Dewey. Was yeah, like, it covered in dew? Yes, exactly. And that's the reason why. Um, do you know that he has a degree in criminology? Did not know I bet none of you knew that. Did He's an ordained minister, guys. He's an ordained... Okay, that's yeah, more understandable. Yeah, that's that makes yeah. sense. Um, on Dewey, is it like Huey, Dewey and Louie kind of thing? Do we know mm. why? Or is it the Dewey decimal system? He spent all his time <laughs> in the library as a kid. I'm going to be honest. These are bullet points. Uh, I, I haven't really delved deep into it. Okay, right. Do you guys know what the smallest rock is? Here we go. Back to business. Back to proper rocks, boys. Well, okay. Well, what is a rock? You know, is a speck of dust a rock? No. Oh. It's not. Is a pebble a rock? Yes, I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Is it grit? Is it oh. something smaller than grit? You guys oh. are never. You can, Talc. You're never going to get it. Pebble. Talc seems pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. It's clay. 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 Oh my god. Clay clay clay. Sorry, I just I'm so expected and excited. I I'm I'm gonna have to really sell this puppy. Okay, no, this is really interesting. Genuinely this is, you, you, this sounds so boring and I appreciate that. <laughs> you you don't need to keep saying that. Everything in this segment follows that trend. So which is smaller, sand or clay? We now know it's clay. clay. It's clay. Yeah. Clay. <laughs> but you might not have thought that, right? No, like no, no. Actually, clay. No. Yeah. Like sand feels so fine. Like you've, mm. you know that very fine Caribbean sand. It feels yeah. so fine. Okay, so clay particles are unbelievably tiny. The smallest what ones. What is they clay? Small rocks. It's a sort yeah, of little okay. silica. I think it's a, okay, like a, yeah. I think it's a silicate. Okay. Um, but yeah, you only you never feel it as like sand. Exactly, it doesn't yeah, fall through your fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. But uh, I think you've got clay soils and stuff like that, and mm. there it is oh, in yeah. granular form. So particles of clay can be less than 0.002 millimeters across. I think that's two wow. microns, possibly. Yeah. It's okay. unbelievably small. So the largest particle of clay you can get is not even a thousandth as big as the smallest particle of sand. Right. In the world. Oh, that's, that's scale, incredible. That's the scale of difference we're talking about. Wow. I told you. I, I take told it all you. back. <laughs> and, and this is the really weird thing. Clay particles can be so small. I'm quoting directly from a, a, site, a site I read here. Clay particles can be so small that it could take hundreds of years for them to settle from the top to the bottom of a bottle of water. <laughs> what? <laughs> because it just takes... Everything gets in their way. Everything. You know, the tiny molecule yeah, of anything yeah. just disrupts the clay from its path. And um, and this is why clay soil is so sticky. It's mm. because 
there are so many spaces in between these tiny, tiny particles. The water fits in between the particles. So oh, it just yeah. holds huge amounts of water. That's why clay soil is so heavy. Has thick. someone actually done that experiment? No, we invented plastic 100 years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, if they started then, they would have, they would have watched no, it no, hit no. the bottom. I'm afraid, I'm afraid. I don't think anyone's done that experiment properly, but it just means it's sort of, yeah, yeah. I'm and also, we're actually banning plastic. Guys, yeah, so. we don't want to encourage that, do we? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, I found a mystery rock. Oh. It's a mystery rock that grows baby rocks. <laughs> and it it's very bizarre um so and it's only found so far as we know in one place in the world or at least so far as the article claims uh and this okay. is in romania and it's in a town called costesti and these are called trovant rocks t-r-o-v-a-n-t if you saw the rock one day and it's raining overnight or whatever and you come back the next day suddenly the rock has grown it's got like a bulbous new bit of rock that's on top of it. Why? And they basically secrete cement and harden. So um, what happens is during rain, during a heavy shower, they absorb the rain minerals and then they come into contact with chemicals that are inside the rock, which then create a pressure reaction, which pushes out this kind of concrete. And sometimes they become so bulbous that they loosen and they fall off. And that's the baby rock that's created next to the rock. Other times they just stick like that giant pimples coming out of like them. It feels like we could utilize it to build things, like build a bridge. You put one of these rocks yeah. and then you fire a hose at it and then shake it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think it's true. <laughs> and and some, are, some are tiny. They can be really, really tiny or 15 feet high, these rocks. So when the bulbous bits are secreted, high. they're like giant Tom. rocks. Yeah. It's really two Roman emperors. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, like, what? And, and you just get it in this one spot in the world, so far as we know. Wow. That is so interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. But did you know that The Rock has a tattoo that took 60 hours to do? So, you know. What is it of? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it is time for our final fact of the show, and that is James. Okay, my fact this week is that one of the biggest TV events of 1966 involved someone reading extracts from a book written by a relative known as Rocky Flintstone. What? <laughs> this is an outrage. This, this is insane, is, James. This is I, an accusation of plagiarism. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Against my father. <laughs> this is astonishing, I have yeah, to say. Yeah. I've never heard this. So I was just reading the old newspaper archives, and I searched for Rocky Flintstone because I thought maybe there was someone with that actual name who lived in the past and I couldn't find anyone like that but there was a big spike of mentions in 1966 and that was when the final episode of the Flintstones aired uh, and you can still watch this today online it's an episode where Fred finds an old diary of his grandfather Rocky Flintstone uh, his name was Rock Bottom Flintstone, but he was nicknamed Rocky. <laughs> That's an even better name for my dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was about a run-in with some Stone Age Nazis and a romantic escape with a character called Mata Harrock, like who's based on Mata Hari, the spy. Mm. Uh, so there's a little bit of romance in there as well. Do you know what? That makes some sort of sense because my dad, <laughs> my dad recently tried to trademark Rocky Flintstone oh. because he's an idiot and he thinks that that's going to be able to be done and he got a letter back from Warner Brothers basically saying oh, absolutely not really? under no circumstances wow. and actually you're lucky that we're not suing you for wow. using it up until this point but you know what the parallels here go a bit further than just the name being the same so my dad wrote a porno is ending now um, after six seasons because we're being sued by the Flintstones yeah. <laughs> and the final episode of My Dad Wrote a Porno is going to feature for the first time Rocky Flintstone himself so that it's the correct. first ever appearance of Rocky Flintstone someone's read the press release that's <laughs> so Flintstones this episode where Rocky Flintstone appears for the first time is the final episode of season six that's of the Flintstones weird. yeah so it's the exact same scenario as you that's so this is so do, did you what? have any idea that your dad... I mean, has your dad seen this episode of The Flintstones? Has he, did, no. Did he sort of see it and then forget all about it and then years later... No, because no, he would have been... I think it's no. just an awesome name it's and a just, coincidence, yeah. isn't it? it must well, be. He, was, he named himself the Rocky after a dog in Brazil, which we don't need to go into. <laughs> okay. But the Flintstone bit was because he really relates to, you know, in the title sequence, yeah. Yeah. when he gets locked out of the house and he yeah, like, yeah. bangs on the door. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Apparently that's, yeah, that's oh. very much, that is very much like my parents. Um, so I think that that's where he was inspired that's from. Cool. But oh. that is mad that Rocky yeah. Flintstone is actually a character. And the 
the grandfather of Fred, you said? Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah. yeah, so one generation difference, wow. but, but closer. And I watched a bit of the episode. In it, it's going from Fred reading out loud to his wife and Barney, his friends. So it's a similar thing. Extracts of the diary out loud while they then cut yeah, to the scenes itself. I think there's the... something of Alice in Wilma as well, isn't there? Would you not say? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Redhead? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how I feel about this. It kind of makes me think my whole career has been a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously the Flintstones was massive in the 60s. Yeah. It was absolutely yeah. enormous. Yeah. And so the end of the Flintstones was watched by, I don't know how many people. Mm. I couldn't. They didn't have the actual figures, but it was like 30% of the... Of the wow. TV watching. Wow. Yeah. And it was, the, it was the end of the original series because obviously it's yes. gone on and on and so on. But oh, um, we're going to talk about the Flintstones movies later on. Oh, don't you worry. I bloody hope so. But, um, <laughs> Iconic bits of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the Flintstones, the cartoon, I didn't realise, was also originally aimed at adults just as much as children. Yeah. Broadcast yeah. late in late Prime in the time evening. show, 8 pm. Yeah. And I really like the fact it was originally called the Flagstones and then the Gladstones. Yeah. And then the Flintstones. They yeah. finally hit on that as a. Because those two both sound so weird. Yeah. Comedy called The Flagstones. Have you, have, you, have, you, have you seen the pilot of The Flagstones? No. No. I, I actually watched it. Really? All 90 seconds of it. 90 seconds. Uh, and it was it was good. It's amazing that it got picked up. Are you, are you saying it is good? Or is no, it is good. It's, it, yeah, it, is, yeah. it, is, it, is, it is good, but it, it, it doesn't have the magic of The Flagstones. Was it the same right. characters as well? Yeah. Okay, right. Um... Yeah, but it was it was made in 1959, but never aired until 1994 mm. when it was discovered. Okay, right. Yeah. When it was, we should watch it. It's interesting. 1994 is the year that the Flintstones movie came out. No. Oh yeah. My God. So anyway, there's um, in the <laughs> original series. One of the things that to appeal to adults as well that they did, I'm pushing on, is um, they would have celebrity guests that would come on or they would parody celebrities of the day uh, in order to give some comic, as you would say, uh, for the adults sort of recognition. So um, quick quiz, because they loved a pun. They absolutely uh, yeah. loved a pun. Oh, yeah. Okay, Cary Grant is a character. What has he been renamed? Ooh. Clay Grant. Oh, oh nice. that's good. That's good. Um, Cary Granite. Yes, 1-0. Uh, uh, Tony Curtis, who voiced himself, is on. What is he called? Um, Bony Curtis, because they were in the... That's good. Uh, yeah. yeah. No. Close. You're in the right area of the name. Oh. Stony Curtis. Stony. Oh, that was obvious. <laughs> that was easy. Sorry. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, there are yeah. more of these. Yeah. Um, there's uh, Rock Hudson. Uh, plays himself. <laughs> <laughs> Amazingly, yeah. Uh, it's Rock Hudson. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> And and Halle Berry in the movie The Flintstones. I don't mm. know if you're keen to oh, talk yeah. about that. She was actually <laughs> directly named after a famous female celebrity. Halle Beryl. Uh, no, so no, so you got to step away from Halle's name altogether. Shaley Berry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what? Halite Berry. <laughs> No, her name has nothing to do with it. Oh, right, it's okay. another famous actress. So you got the character's name. Yeah, the character's name. Famous actress. Famous yeah, actress, named sorry, after okay. another famous actress. Charlize Theron. <laughs> <laughs> no, so there's no pun. It's just outright her name. Oh, oh. oh, oh, oh. Sharon Stone. Yep, there oh, we go. Oh, yeah. And she's called Sharon Stone in the in the movie. Yeah, Halle Berry's called Sharon Stone in oh, the movie. That's clever. Oh, yeah, that's great. But that's enough on the movie. Let's get back <laughs> to the TV series. Well, just lots of. I really find it interesting that the sort of adult elements of it because I did not. I, I never watched the Flintstones really. I, mm. uh, oh, really? Uh, yeah, just not very familiar with it. I guess so, but it's they. They they uh, were sponsored by cigarettes in the original days, which Winston, mm. Andy, how many times <laughs> do I have to tell you? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway, they were sponsored by this firm, Winston Cigarettes. <laughs> was that when it was going out to children? It feels like that yeah. was when it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even yeah. then, it was. Well, good. yeah, because advertising was just different back then. They were right, advertising yeah, yeah. to adults. They weren't. They weren't kids yeah. smoking. Um, have you seen that as well? I, I actually watched I have, that. Yeah. It isn't the smoking that got me. It's the outrageous misogyny of those two men. Oh, really? Uh, really? It is insane. Like Barney and Fred are just like watching their wives do loads of chores and mm-hmm. housework, and then they're like, "Let's go around the back," and they sneak off. And they just like are like reclining and just smoking and just chatting and watching their wives work. Right? They are cavemen, but it is literally. Still- <laughs> <laughs> um, there's um, a theory that the Flintstones are from the future. Uh, which I quite like. What? That's um, the Jetsons. Well, they do meet the Jetsons at one stage, ah, don't they? So that's they? What, that's part of the theory. Okay. Um, one theory is because they have four fingers. Um, obviously, we have five fingers in this time. So perhaps the little finger has sort of 
vestigially disappeared because you don't need it anymore mm. because you know what do you use your little finger for you're right and we never had four fingers so that has exactly. to be an evolution yeah. and yes. they the animals <laughs> in the flintstones can speak obviously these days animals can't speak and never in the past as far as we know have animals been able to speak yeah so perhaps in the future they it's, will be able to speak humans coexisting with dinosaurs never happened never happened in the past is it a sequel to jurassic park <laughs> <laughs> there is a, uh, the, it's pretty cool the theory is that it's a post-apocalyptic future yeah. where all current technology has collapsed mm. and they're trying to replicate it using the uh, mutant dinosaurs that they've got <laughs> access to. my theory is that they listened to this podcast and rocks became so popular because of the last section that we just did away with all of the technology and people lived in a rock-based society yeah i'd live there i'd move wow did you guys see the flintstones kids just say no holiday special <laughs> no I, I missed that one this was something that went out in 1988 and it was a public service say no to drugs flintstones uh, yeah. episode brilliant oh man can i tell you the the plot yes yeah, please okay. so the Flintstones kids it's like young young Flintstones this is Bam Bam and Pebbles, Pebbles. It's, it's, no it's not it's actually the main generation we know but like kind the of Muppet as young babies. people oh. like the, exactly oh, like fun. the Muppet okay. babies yeah nice um, they're trying to win tickets to a Michael Jackson concert who in this is called Michael Jackstone thank you <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, and Wilma is tempted to join up with a gang of older kids whose leader Stoney smokes crack Marijuana, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, they should have should gone have with crack. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Wilma talks to her parents and they tell her that a real friend wouldn't offer you drugs no. and Stoney is arrested for drug usage and it ends with a version of Michael Jackstone's song, Beat It. And the episode also features Nancy Reagan as herself. Does she have a funny name? No name. I, think, I think she might have been doing a kind of extra like, hi everybody, oh, yeah. you know, rather than... Oh, Nancy okay. Reagan. Nancy Reagan. No, Nancy Reagan. Yeah, that is a really helpful. That's probably why she never made it onto the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit about the movies? Yes! Oh, go on then. Oh my God, uh, yes. Okay. Well, this is kind of tangential. It's not really about the movies, even though it is. Um, the B-52s. Oh, yeah. The, uh, oh, yes. The band. Yes. Love they, Shack. Of Love Shack fame. Yeah. Um, what a tune. They recorded versions of Meet the Flintstones and the Bedrock Twitch. Which yeah, I'm sure I you've bought got, you've that record. Twitched. Did you? Yeah, the B the B fifty twos. Oh, they did change their name. That's yes. the thing. They changed their name to the BC fifty two. Very oh, cool. Brilliant. So Very cool. And they even appeared on the top forty chart as the BC fifty two. Oh, really? That's, oh, that's committed to the bit. That's great, yeah, isn't it? Everyone yeah, got on board. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I really want to see both the Flintstones film and the Flintstones film sequel, Viva Rock Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Um, They're both which, great. They, so you've seen both? Of course. Yeah. I just mentioned to my wife that we were recording this. She's I've seen that. Halle Berry tries to have sex with John Goodman in the film. And it's, oh, yeah, really? it's quite, it's, there's quite a sort of um, saucy plot where John Goodman is Fred Flintstone because mm -hmm. he's incredibly eminent as an actor now. And seeing him in 1994 yeah. playing Fred Flintstone is very funny. <laughs> but he looks so like Fred yeah. Flintstone. He does look yeah, like it's amazing to have to say yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it not a good film? Uh, it's, it's quite, it, like it was, a cult film. It was commercially successful. Uh, but afterwards, the entire cast refused to return for the sequel, which <laughs> yeah. is why the prequel, Viva Rock Vegas, uh, was recast entirely. Nobody the same. Yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah. the first Flintstones movie is Elizabeth Taylor's last ever film. Oh, yes. no, which yeah. is oh, really terrible. The casting is amazing. What a way yeah. to go out. It's got oh, Rick, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. It's got yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor. They clearly thought they had something. <laughs> One thing I read was that Rick Moranis basically quit acting after this movie because they realized that he they peaked. were using him. <laughs> it peaked. How do you, how do you talk about <laughs> Can't follow yeah. it up. Yeah. I personally, I think I'd read that he had, he had family issues, which meant he had okay. to step back oh, from acting. Okay. But the thing claims that he was just like, I can't be put in any more movies like this. Rick this is Moranis. Like a moraine is like a, it's like scree that you get on top of a mountain. Oh, that's brilliant. Very, Very nice. Good, that is absolutely cool. Because rock moranus <laughs> was right there. <laughs> but uh, you don't yeah. settle for the easy job. He, <laughs> he needs the puns you need explaining for. <laughs> yeah. That's his pun. Oh, glass was banned from the entire set of the Flintstones. What's it? Any guesses why? No glass in the future. <laughs> in the future there's no glass that's correct <laughs> well is it that though because I know that in um, 
Is it in Downton Abbey? You're not allowed to wear Calvin Klein underwear because even though it's not on show, they think maybe your sackcloth or whatever it is <laughs> they wear <laughs> might ride up and they might see it. So your sackcloth. I haven't seen it's, Downton it's, Abbey. It's, it's, do you think it's set like in the 14th century with peasants and is things? Is it? No, no, it's no. not. It's oh, not. Okay. But you can see, abbey, you can right? see there are lots of. It's I an abbey. That. I thought it was about monks. <laughs> <laughs> There are lots of probably quite sheer and slinky gowns and outfits. Yeah, and maybe but you, if you're you've wearing got to, modern, you can't wear modern underwear basically, right. even that, though it's not going to be on show. Wow, that is it of, similar? It's not that. Oh. No, glass band from set. I think James, Jamie, you're the only one who hasn't uh, slanged again. <laughs> James has got quite a good one. Dan's no glass in the future, so <laughs> uh, there's a wide range of plausibility. I've forgotten again that we talk about the Flintstones. The Flintstones yeah. movie. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were they worried that because there was so much rock on set? No shoes. No one's wearing shoes. Uh, oh, no one's wearing shoes. The entire cast are filming barefoot. That's clever. And so oh, obviously. Really? Kind of any glass on set. Yeah, oh, yeah good. Well done, Dad. That is good. That's pretty good. Yeah. There was uh, the actor in the original series, Miss Jean Vander Ply, uh, or Pill, P-Y-L is her surname, oh, and yeah. she was the voice of Wilma. And um, uh, she gave an interview in 1995 where she explained that they were basically, for the amazing amount of money that this this made, because it was syndicated around the world, I mean, there was just so much money being made, she only received $250 an episode. Oh, and wow. then she did a contract that said the residual payments from syndication, she did a one-off payment of $15,000, and that was it <sighs> that she got. And she was a great voice. She did a lot of voices in the Jets as well and she did I think as well as doing Wilma she did Pebbles in that yeah, show she was, she, was, so, she was Rosie in the Jetsons Rosie she, she was Jetsons. she was the um the maid yeah Rosie. Robot, yeah, yeah. It's so incredible um oh that's awful yeah and so yeah she said if I got residuals I wouldn't be living in Sam Clement I'd own Sam Clement um mm. oh yeah so well she should have a better agent frankly <laughs> exactly <laughs> don't blame yourself <laughs> Okay, that's it. That's all of our facts. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with any of us about the things that we have said on this podcast, you can find us all on our Twitter accounts. I'm on at Schreiberland. Andy. At Andrew Hunter M. James. At James Harkin. And Jamie. At Uncle Igor. Don't ask. Okay. It's the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, or you can get us on our group account, which is at no such thing, or our website, no such thing as a fish.com. Check out all of our previous episodes. They are up there now. You can also buy the new merch that we've released. It's a bunch of t-shirts and pin badges and so on. And also you can get access to Clubfish, the private member club. Jamie, uh, you can listen to the final episodes of My Dad Wrote a Porno, which are going out in December. These are the final episodes, one including Jamie's dad, Rocky Flintstone, for the first time ever. No one's ever heard his voice before. Well, you have, Dad. I, well, I know your dad, but yeah. Uh, but, but, and it's a good voice, so I'm very excited to hear it. Um, but uh, on behalf of the podcasting world, we're very sad to see you guys go. Thanks. So no, we're now, delighted. Well, <laughs> I mean, financially. You've outlived us, all right. Fine. <laughs> Fish live on forever, don't they? <laughs> anyway, we're going to miss you guys. Uh, but uh, we hope to see you coming back for reunions anyway that's it that's all of our facts we'll be back again next week with another episode we'll see you then goodbye (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I just broke it what's that you absolute (laughs) I didn't see there was one behind it Oh my god. Are they both short? Oh no. You know when like people win awards are like, I wish I could break it in half <laughs> and give it to the other nominees. I'm really cool sorry. Dan's I was done that. my golf swing earlier. <laughs> <laughs>